Hi, my name is Michael Poli, and I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. My friends are obsessed and always make jokes and references to it. And so now, 20 years later, I've been convinced to watch the show from beginning to end, one episode a week. I'm a Buffy virgin. Hi there, welcome to another episode of Buffy Virgin. I will be the host today, it's Travis. Um, also here today is Michael Poli. Hello, I'm the Virgin. I've only seen Buffy up to season three, episode eight, Lover's Walk. And also with us is a horror a cartoonist, um, Dennis St. John. Hey, thanks for having me back on, guys. I'm thanks for having me back. And you can find <laughs> buy my book, Land of Many Monsters, and Many More Monster Tales. That's on Amazon, and his, his website is Dennis Comics. Dennis with one N, comics with an X instead of a C. So that's yeah. Instead of the second C. Yes, he's it's not he's, Dennis Zomics. Yeah, Zomics. Yeah, or Zomics, Zombie Comics. No, it's just Dennis Comics. All right, this rambling. Don't don't get distracted. It's just DennisComics.com. So, as always, we start the episode with a summary. Um, and today's summary I think might be special. Might be pretty exciting. So we're gonna do that right now. There's no way of knowing. My name is Xander, don't test that well. I'd study for the SATs, but I'm distracted by these bombshells. My school picks are perfect lady locker material. Girls eat me up like breakfast cereal. Images of me spreading like venereal. My sexual obsession's episodic and serial. Tonight we're headed on a double date. Cordelia Willow Oz, I can't be late. Believe me when I say I get the spins. Watching women knocking down bowling pins. Willow's at the chem lab, the meetup spot. And she is looking hot. I want to lick her, but I don't want to get caught. What's my girlfriend's name? I forgot. She's working on a spell, and that's a love potion. For me, that's a hard sell. Love magic is hell. Oh, shit. It's Spike. Wasn't he banished to hell? Xander! I need to borrow the little girl. You don't mind, do you? I wake up injured in a cage, feeling all the rage. On my deathbed, beside me is a redhead. You know you're the one I want to share my pillow with. You'll always be my willow wish. We're not supposed to. Exemption for impending death situation. As soon as we lock lips, I feel like a sinking ship. Hi, Oz Cordelia. Thought we were in North Korea. Well, that's the end of that. Then Cordelia goes splat. Next thing you know, I'm in the hospital with flowers like a local reputable. I know things went the wrong way. Now she wants me to stay away. But I fucked up. I'm sorry. I'll buy you a Ferrari, whatever it takes. I'll even make cupcakes. And now all I can do is take stock of what happened on that lover's walk. All right, that was an awesome summary. We're back, back from the summary. Great, great, great job. Um, and um, we're going to go right into Great Lines. And uh, Mike, our virgin's going to start off with Great Lines. Uh, sure. So I, I love this these lines when they're talking about uh, SATs where... Uh, Willow says, uh, talks about Buffy's SAT score, and she says, Buffy, hey, did you get your SAT scores? And then Xander, before, he gets this little zing in just before, he says, and from the look on your face, I expect we'll be manning the drive-thru side by side. 
<laughs> I just love how upfront Xander is about he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the self-loathing is amazing. All right. Uh, I have three. Um, I picked... Well, what happened to Mike? Oh, shit. Uh, We've got his headshot. Ooh, he's doing casting calls. Oh, did you switch? Uh, okay. Something fucked up over here. This will take a second. All right. While you're fixing stuff, um, I'll do my lines. Uh, I did from Joyce. Xander's a witch? Uh, I just like how how quickly that scene, like yeah. how confused Joyce is in that scene. Um, uh, from Spike, have you ever seen a chaos demon? They're all slime and antlers. Amazing uh, accent. You were born in Great Britain. <laughs> uh, and uh, from the shopkeep, we don't carry leprosy. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite lines for this whole episode. <laughs> this episode has like so many good lines. Like it was hard to uh, carry it down, you know. So my uh, my one, which is from a different era, is Buffy saying to Giles, "Whoa." Be kind and rewind when, when he's trying to summarize, when he's telling her that um, maybe, maybe she can go to college. And uh, for those people uh, who may not remember, Be Kind and Rewind was the saying with, about VHS tapes when you return them to the library or to uh, a place called Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. <laughs> Although there are, I think I read a few a year or two ago, there were still four um, Blockbusters in operation in the country. But um, you kind of rewind. It's also a movie from the late 1990s. Jack Black, right? I also like from that from that same uh, scene when Giles, when Buffy is like, you know, mom's head spun around and exploded. And <laughs> Giles is like, uh, I've been on the Hellmouth too long. That was metaphorically. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So we're going to go into <laughs> bearded noticings and trivia. And Dennis, uh, start us off. All right. Um, characters who don't study but test well is kind of annoying. Kind of an annoying TV trope. Um, just because I mean it does sometimes happen in real life, but it's just such a like I don't know. It's like a Zach Morris thing, right? It's like a Saved by the Bell thing. Like I'm a genius, but I don't try hard. Yeah, uh, and it's and like it's just funny because in this episode we have three characters who are that. We have like Cordelia, Oz, and Buffy are all like. I don't work hard, but I just get, I'm just like really good at testing. Yeah. yeah. Is that because they're so busy slaying? We don't even want to get into, you know, what they're doing with all their time. Like they're clearly not studying and they maybe want to justify how smart they are. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's annoying too in real life when people are like that. It does happen yeah. though. It's worse in real life than it is on TV. <laughs> but eventually those people like get crushed because they eventually like, yeah. Uh, hit walls and they've never learned how to like work hard right yeah it's better just to work hard throughout to be constantly pushed to the limit that's where you got to be that's right life is steady man <laughs> um mike i know dennis next one talk about spike coming back oh spike's entrance is great and a classic weeden cut the uh, whole like who cordelia is like who would be dumb enough to come back here cut to spike crashing through the sunnydale sign um, and yeah, my, and that's how we know it. that's where the episode begins. Spike's back and he's drunk. Uh, my, my, my take is that they were they they showed zero uh, condemnation of that insane amount of drunk driving. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, oh, he's evil. He's he's evil already, but it's like 
it was it's like a joke like it's he crashes through falls out then then passes out like it's played as a joke i just like man there is they don't care at all about that that's that's true i I feel like that would be a lot harder to get away with now right it is insane to get away with (laughs) well he's such a he's Uh, such a delightful character i think we're all happy that he's back right like yeah definitely you hate him i hate the spike character but that's that's me that's just me oh man um i also love him being drunk like at the beginning like just the thing of like a vampire getting so drunk he passes out and catches on fire it's such a good like yeah why has it happened before you know yeah also like i I mean just that scene where he's drunk like yelling at angel and angel's just like reading a book by the fire (laughs) it's like like i don't know they're such different characters and spike has such more entertaining energy than like i don't know angel this episode i kept thinking of him being like he's like from a bronte novel or something he's like i'm a victorian like romance character who's for some reason here yeah well he's even he's like even earlier he's from the 1700s he's from like predates that but. yeah but the way he behaves in this episode right like he's definitely oh, yeah. the more grounded of the two characters I'm totally spike and Angel. yeah i mean spike's from the, the mid 1800s and yeah it's very much about humanism or uh yeah anyways ironically all right we can get into spike's origins i just was realizing i didn't know how much to spoil um so dennis you tell me that you've seen a wolfman pez oh uh, yeah uh so oz gives willow um a witch pez and he's a great boyfriend you gotta you gotta give it to him he's an amazing boyfriend really um but he says she's like oh we should get a wolf we should get a werewolf for the witch uh because they're there he's a werewolf she's a witch um but he says they don't make a werewolf pez but they they used to there is a wolfman pez uh but i i can understand them not wanting to buy it because i looked it up and it's like 350 dollars now to buy a wolfman pez but that's yeah. since this episode, you know, like yeah. you got to go back. That's in time. in 2017. You, you got to do the eBay price tracker and see like where the spike was. Mm-hmm. It was probably season when was three, episode eight. Production? When was it put into production? That's the yeah, question. Totally. It was from the 60s. Oh, so it must have been out of production by then. Yeah. Do you think the witch Pez was, was in production? It looks like a yes. classic witch yeah, Pez. Yeah, the, the witch Pez was. Has remained in production? In continued production, yeah. Oh, okay. Hell, before the internet, they may not have been able to Google Wolfman Pez. That's true. <laughs> I, I feel like that's one of the first websites store. that they the internet would have created. Is like, I, don't see the witch, I don't see the Wolfman Pez. <laughs> that feels to me very much like an early internet website, though. It's like your, pe- your Pez, your complete Pez collection, the website, right? That's they a Cheetah like uh, City's nightmare if I've ever heard it. Yeah. It's like it'd have like an animated background. Yeah, like like a Pez spinning. It feels you know two forty by two forty pictures of Pez. Um, Yeah, it's no one's gonna get that. Okay, so um, yeah, they will. (laughs) I don't think that's that's a deep cut. I think the existence of the internet, the early internet, is not too deep a cut. No, no, the two forty by two forty. It's a resolution for a file. If anyone was curious, which is the size of a postage stamp nowadays. Okay, Giles is real about Angel. Giles yeah. hates Angel. Giles hates Angel. Just, I mean, he's real. Uh, that scene where he's like talking to Buffy and he's going to go camping and he's just like, 
Are you going to go see Angel? I mean, why can't, why can't he trust her? Uh, because... She's only saved the world two times. She's, Is it like the third time she saves the world? He's like, so you you're, know what? So you're well, in camp. Okay. I guess you've, you've missed a few episodes. We are all in camp. Angel and Buffy are a bad idea. Uh, but you're in camp. Like, we should trust Buffy to make out with an atomic bomb. My my feeling is she saved the world two times. She's still up by two. If she make if she fudges up, you know, and she's got to save the world a third time. She's got a, a world to explore. Yeah, but the consequences. The she, consequences. She wouldn't have had to save the world a second time if she hadn't have had sex with Angel. Um, but but we didn't. But that that was an uh, was it things. There are things we know, and there's things we know we don't know. That was a thing they didn't know. They didn't know the first We're time. Not known. An unknown unknown Donnie Rumsfeld that's a Donnie Rumsfeld reference Jesus okay I'm, I'm on I'm on team Buffy is a great person and Giles Giles went off all crazy on her that she didn't respect him last time and then he doesn't respect her this time and it's like do as I say or say as I do Look, he just needs to get a little bit of a warning if there's going to be an A-bomb explosion, right? And knowing that she's going to be seeing Angel, you know, Giles should know then, oh, I should probably bring a cell phone. You know, who knows what will happen? I shouldn't just go out in the woods and not be contactable like he does. He's like, I'm going off. I'm going, I'm not going to be appearing in this episode. Is everything going to be okay? I mean, I could just get knocked out. But it's probably better if I if I take off. That's probably safer. Multiple head traumas, you know, that's going to get a little redundant. Yeah. Well, I'm am just saying, you know, when Buffy had sex with Angel, it wasn't because she made bad decisions or was a loose person or, or was immature, right? None of that. Yeah, but the way this the the thing the show is saying now is that as much as Buffy and Angel want to like be mature and stuff their hormones are dangerous and like not just in a normal teenage way of danger leading to pregnancy but in the like the danger is like multiple murders and perhaps the end of the world right so Um, i would say the the hormones are dangerous in in this episode i'm what the show is saying more about angel and buffy to me in this episode is um is really a, a, a heartbreaking um uh a statement about a, a relationship that can never be um, that can never exist rather than Buffy's out of control with her hormones hormones are, do play into this whole episode like I totally agree but I think getting on Buffy like she's made bad decisions um, but she has made bad decisions to like hide Angel and to make out with Angel yeah, but um, those haven't led any, anywhere negative yet Right. Yeah, but the implications of lying to her friends was a mistake. That was the, that's why I really got on Buffy's case because she was lying about something that she knew everyone would be bothered by, which is why she lied. Now, in this episode, so, different conversation. Giles can't be in this episode because it's so clear an adult needs to be in the room to call out all the insane all the problems, all the problems that happen at the end of this episode. Where if Oz, Cordelia, and Giles. <laughs> run into you know willow and uh, i'm sorry yeah willow and xander it's a completely different moment much better that he's gone for this episode or knocked out or whatever yeah like, that would be funny if he was there and he was like as heartbroken as everyone else right yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think he would be as heartbroken i think he'd be like hmm, teenagers you know like yeah. this is all predictable oh this is rather 
inappropriate. Mm. All right, move, moving on. Annoying TV thing, uh, Mike. Tell us about broken being getting broken up with on TV. So the annoying annoying TV thing that happened. Have the experience on that. <laughs> you, you've never been broken up on TV, but no, I've never been broken up with on TV. So this is just based on watching TV. But it's like I you're the telegraph of the breakup uh, between you know like Oz and uh, you know Willow Cordelia Xander. Like we know those things are ending because like Oz and Cordelia are so sweet in this episode like Oz gives Willow the little Pez yeah. and Cordelia has a locker full of photos of her and Xander that she likes and, yeah. and like they're you know of course Willow and Xander can't help you know but touch each other throughout this episode it's like this has got to end we know it's going to end and so the telegraphing was really heightened about how great they are you know it, it, yeah. as couples and it really makes it feel even more disgusting than usual like just when they when Xander and Willow can't like, I want to kiss your ear. Like, so yeah. gross. All right. So um, moving on, Xander, Xander and Willow, they're in the, Willow tricks Xander into uh, coming along for a de-lusting spell. And um, this is a moment where Xander actually has one ounce. He used up his ounce of common sense this episode for the whole season, it seems. Right. And I was surprised that Xander was able to recognize what the spell was for and so that was like, that's just a fun moment. He's like, oh, love spell. You know how these go for me? And like, like just these random <laughs> ingredients. I, I don't think I know enough about what goes into a love spell to recognize that, but just funny. That but he's, this is his like has, second love spell, right? He has such PTSD from that moment. He sees a random <laughs> pile of ingredients in a chem lab. He's like, ah, I know what that is. <laughs> I, I also, he had another good line um, where he's like, it smells like church in here. No way evil church <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like it's like there's like this one moment where he's totally a tolerable person in this episode where he's fun and, and he understands like negative consequences and then there's like the rest of the episode and the rest of the season and the rest of the ep- this, this series <laughs> all right return of another oh this is me return of the magic shop and another dead magic shop owner so it's yeah two, two, two have died on our watch or how many have so, died so uh, Three. John is Wait. not here to do the predictions, but Mike totally predicted we'd return to the magic shop, right? Uh, yes, yeah, possibly. Has. I have a lot of outstanding predictions. I feel like that was a season one prediction you made. Yeah. Or a yeah. season two prediction. Yeah. I feel like there's at least two dead magic shop owners. Yeah. I also wonder if this new magic shop owner is like related to the first magic shop owner. Like maybe there was... Uh, her dad or something. <laughs> it's so sad. So cool. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, this lady seems kind of clueless. There were no crosses around. Although, oh, well, why would... Clueless, what do you mean? <laughs> like, well, she clearly knows. I think, I mean, this story is really funny because like, Spike is an selling, infamous like, vampire. Magic like Bruce kits, Springsteen. you know, Bruce they're not selling like. Bruce Springsteen comes into your guitar shop. You might have never met Bruce Springsteen before, but you'd be like, oh, that's a famous guitar person. And, but like Spike is an infamous vampire who has terrorized that town just a few months before. Like you have to be up on your stuff if you're the magic shop owner. Well, she wasn't in town for that. Obviously the other magic shop owner was in town for that. <laughs> I guess she didn't get to ask what happened to the previous magic shop owner. Yeah. I was going to say that she wasn't up on her stuff. There were no crosses, but later on there's a bunch of holy water in the store. I think right with through the fight scene. Yeah. The, the amount of great stuff in the magic shop, like yeah. when Spike, later on when Spike pulls out, like he, he needs rat's eyes for the magic and it's like this 
giant jar full of rat's eyes. Like, that's so disgusting. And there's no way that's not, like, some sort of health hazard. Like, that place is going to get shut down when the health inspector... I don't know if a health inspector comes into a magic shop very much, but jar of rat eyes. It's really great that they're you know, that that whole fight scene later that takes place when the magic shop gets destroyed. I mean, not only the owner killed, but the place gets destroyed. It would have been great if the fight really like broke out in the magic shop. I think that would have been more fun because there's just so if, much like, stuff. random magic was being used and stuff. Like, I don't know. Accidental spells going off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't, they're, none of them are real witches or anything. So it's unlikely, but. Well, uh, so Mike, you really liked the uh, the spike banter with Joyce. Oh my gosh, this is the best. This is possibly one of the best scenes in this episode, if not the season. Is yeah, like, I think this might be like one of the top ten Buffy scenes ever. I mean, it's so good. Well, it's unpredictable, but it fits with the character, right? We've just seen Spike kind of like spill his guts to Willow about a situation with Drew, and it's a great drunk, broken up with guy monologue, and then. To have that same monologue triggered again with a new person, it means he can tell the story again to Joyce and get another woman's opinion about, you know, what to do and where he's at. It's so fucking funny. And then to cut from that, you know, where we know, I knew, you know, I was happy this prediction, there's prediction also around this about Spike, you know, coming in the house because he's already been invited. And then the angel just standing outside angry, like, you know, like, I'm going to do something as soon as someone lets me in here. <laughs> and he does, and it's fun. But it's just a delightful and the, scene. And then Joyce the visual is also, gags with him being like, "Yep, yep." <laughs> I mean, this is this is the stuff you can't do in a vampire show, and unless you really build a universe like this show has, right? I feel yeah. like this gave me the most pleasure to watch because yes. I've never seen a show do that, and it was it was just really fun and stupid. It was the most playful, stupid vampire sequence, and it made me like Spike a lot because even though he's angry and threatens people's lives all the time, like here's, here's him being super vulnerable. Like he can't help himself. Yeah. It's It's also like he's building this relationship with Joyce, you know, like it it builds on their uh, hanging out from last season and the marshmallows. Yeah. Oh yeah. More of those little marshmallows. (laughs) Yeah. That, uh, that would be a great line to pull out too. Good call. I feel like there's scenes like this that you can only really write. Um, once you've really established characters and then you get to a point where you can just move characters together and see how they interact, you know? Uh, I feel like myself as a writer, I've only really gotten that with characters a couple times because I tend to just write short fiction. So it's hard to get to that point where you like are just comfortable enough with the characters to just have them able to like almost write their own story, almost write their own scene just by like, what would this character say to this character? Like, they just are able to bounce off each other, you know? Well, when you say that, the first thing I think of in your writing is the end of Amelia, where you have about every character who's still alive just, like, shoved into a hotel room together. And it's just, yeah. like, it's such a strange and confusing sequence. But, you know, you know the characters, so it's, it can, like, it's followable. But, like, you couldn't start the book there, right? Like, if you start no. from the last act of Amelia, it's like, ah, it's, it's too hard. But it's, anyway, it's just, it's, it's, like, delightful to read that part. And so um, what other television shows, because that's, that's a strength of, that's, that's one of the cited strengths of Buffy and Angels that the characters are so well fleshed out. That they can do scenes and skits like this that are really amazing. I, I kind of rack my brain to think about, man, what other long running television shows are people actually have a really interesting backstory that, that they can, they can do scenes like this. And admittedly, this is a genre show. So part of it's like, 
you know. Well, I don't want to overstep. I mean, it's a delightful scene. I don't know how yeah. deep the scene is. I mean, no, the no, scene no, is like the the ability of the. I mean, the scene yeah. works because it's such a simple scene to yeah. follow. You know, uh, where you have differing motiva- three different motivations. You know, in a yeah. sequence. Yeah. I would say it's it's a shame, Mike, that you haven't really seen any of um, the uh, Angel's character is just written so in such a stuffy way. We said this earlier. It's a shame you haven't been able to see David Boreanaz do some just lighthearted acting, which exists. So someday you and I will have to just watch, watch a little bit of Bones, early, early Bones, early Bones. And you can actually see like, he has like a range. He actually has like a range of emotions and comedic styling. But you'll this never is, see it. You'll never see it in this show. This is a separate podcast where I just watch the TV shows that you recommend because you have such a, a unique... <laughs> Uh, into me like miscellaneous assortment of shows that really you connect with. It's particular. And it's very particular. And so I, I think you watch Bones because of Boreanaz, right? I, I'm actually... Um, or is it because... Well, well I was a pathologist, um, you know, forensic pathology. It, 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 it's a really fun show. There's a lot of good... There are actually a lot of great character actors in that show. Um, it totally went off the rails. That's what happens when you're on season. You have, you have a contract for 10 seasons. Let's get back to Buffy. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So, but you were saying like, what other shows do this? And I don't think a lot of other shows do because it's kind of like the show has gone off the rails, right? This is like a moment where it has where Spike and Joyce are interacting because, you know, Willow says she's got a book there, which is a trick because she wants Buffy to intervene or whatever, right? Like it's all, it's all kind of off the rails here, but we don't mind because the show's I'm so used to this show's pacing at this point that I can enjoy it. But I think I would be annoyed for another show to do this. I don't think other shows you right. can pull this off because it's so off book for the for the story to go here. Yeah. Um, to bring all bring these uh, disparate contrasting characters together. I mean, it's still it's still a lot of fun. But so um, so 90s paper, TV is a mess, though. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> paper mache boobs. Oh, are we skipping there? Oh yeah, um, this is uh, the magic shop. Um, the first scene in the magic shop was Spike. He's just like to his left is like this like paper mache thing, but it's got like paper mache boobs, and it's just like I don't know. It was just I felt like it was worth notice, no, noting. He's like really close to these paper mache boobs for like a bunch of shots. Is um, it for displaying jewelry though? Like, like for necklaces? I, no, they're like they have like uh, nipples. I mean, and it's like, I think it's like a, I don't know, a goddess or something. Um, somebody on Twitter should probably tell us what it was. Do some research. Uh, All right. So this nice. is like, I'll grab a screen grab for you and then you can, you can tweet that out and ask, what are these for? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you got to narrow it down just a little bit more, but, but Ethan, Mike, or Dennis, what's going on with Ethan Rain? Everyone's favorite Ethan Rain. Oh, just because uh, Drew leaves Spike for a chaos demon who is all slimy, slime and antlers. And I was just <laughs> like, I bet Ethan Rain would be into that chaos demon. We, we don't really know Ethan's sexuality. I think Ethan Rain would be into Drusilla. Giles. I think that would be an interesting pairing. I feel like well, he's really into Giles. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably more likely. Like pain. Like I, bet, I, bet I just wondered if, you know, the kid... If because Ethan Rain worships chaos and he worships Janus, right? Yeah. But does he know about chaos demons? <laughs> I don't know. 
Probably. I mean, he has, has to be a versatile knower of those sorts of things to, because all the supernatural stuff he dreams up, he's probably, he is like a human chaos demon himself, right? Like, yeah, I bet he's met a chaos demon. I bet he hasn't met a chaos demon he didn't like. Yeah. All right, Mike, you got a prediction here? When Buffy he, goes to college, she's going to stop slaying? Oh, yeah. One more Ethan Rain comment first. I think Ethan Rain is a reader. And I say that because Ethan Rain reads and knows a lot about dark stuff and can do dark stuff. But like he doesn't spend a lot of time in that world. And I say that because on that episode where he saw Trick kill somebody in Band Candy, when Trick kills someone on the line and he's like, looks like maybe I'm next. I think he, if that's a reaction of someone that reads a lot about demons and then is working with them as a different story. And it's like, yeah, oh gosh, they're, they're bad people. <laughs> so that's my reading, Ethan Rain. I just so, like to pull pranks. So I bet he's read a ton about Chaos Demons, but probably goes the opposite side of the room when he sees him. He's like, oh no, no, I know better than to hang out with that guy. <laughs> this is why I work alone. You know, it's like, I work alone. So the this comment I made about the, so college is kind of held up in this episode as if it's an opportunity to leave slang behind. Like if Buffy goes to college, then, oh, Faith can take over the slang for you. I don't actually think the show believes that though. So it's, I think that she still has to slay regardless, but the way that she's ta- they're talking about it in the show, it's like, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's the same thing. It's like, then if I go to school and of course Buffy can't imagine the future. She can only imagine the world right now. She's incapable of seeing herself in the future where she would not be a slayer. So it's this college, this student identity. Like she can't even see, understand that her SAT scores are high and that that creates an opportunity for her. Like she's so unable to imagine the future. But I also don't think the show really believes that either. And it's just like, a, you know, what people generally think about college. Like, oh, you're going to leave this behind. Like, it's going to follow her, right? Duh. <laughs> yeah. So you don't so you, you you don't think Giles was serious? It's tough to say because no, I, I think it's red so herring quick. from the show. I mean, yeah. I think it's like it's the like it's an the honest show. red herring. Like it's like the show wants you to be set up like Faith is going to be take her place. So you, I know, for instance, and I I will make a prediction about this now. I wasn't going to, sure. but now I'm yeah. starting to see that see that there's an opportunity for one, which is that Buffy's going to go to college, right? But demons aren't supposed to go with her because they're supposed to be gravitating around the hellmouth. But the prediction would be like, she goes to college with the expectation that she's going to leave that stuff behind, but clearly it comes with her, right? Like this is a part of her life she can't leave behind. Like I feel like prediction's way too complex and I really want you what? to see it. <laughs> All right. Let's make, a, let's make a prediction about faith. <laughs> so, well, let's wait for the, predi- for yeah, the let's prediction. Wait to All right, fine. So um, I, I think uh, Willow, well, Will, once Willow graduates high school, assuming she does, she'll have to get her own chem lab. Mike, Mike wants her to get her own chemistry lab. Oh, I was just confused why she's using the high school chem lab. Like, I can't imagine any of the chemistry is beyond what you can't do in a kitchen. Why, Except why, maybe you don't want to get your parents involved. Why, why pay for Bunsen burner when you don't have to? It's just funny to me, like how high school students like, it's the reason Lover's Lane exists. It's like easier for her to do the magic in the chem lab than to do it at home, you know, because she yeah. could get caught there, right? So, yeah. All right, Dennis, you've got two comments that I'm trying to anticipate what they mean. Uh, I say Buffy jumping rope. Um, I just want us all to appreciate that scene. Uh, it was a nice scene. Um, <laughs> right. Now we're not going to get any YouTube advertising revenue. <laughs> what? 
Uh, and then I just like Buffy's line about weird science, uh, you know, uh, which is a okay movie and a funny TV series. Uh, so that's what those mean. But related to that comment about weird science, because that's made, you know, in the chem lab here, it's, it's also when Cordelia is making her interpretation, her interpretation of all the things that could have happened to Oz. I mean, and I'm sorry, not Oz, but to Willow and Xander, but mostly Xander. And I love that the show is set up Cordelia with so much PTSD that like, oh, they're missing. This was where we're supposed to meet to go bowling. All these <laughs> things true. could have happened. Here's, he could be a jelly thing. Uh, they're kidding. I mean, it just anything could have happened. <laughs> Where's Giles? So, so is, this, is this the episode where you really start to love Cordelia, Mike? No, no. I, I feel you've, like you've I've, I've enjoyed Cordelia for a while. For a while but you, She's breaking out. You're like, oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I do like her in this episode a lot because I, I think she processes things. I think she's really, I think they wrote for her in a really fun way and that she processes things almost like a lay person who is like trapped on the show and is trying to be on like a regular <laughs> like teenage sitcom, but no, you're trapped on the Sunnydale set. That's a great interpretation. Yeah. She's trapped in a show that she doesn't want to be on. She should, yeah. really should be on Dawson's Creek. <laughs> like, like that's where she was meant to be cast. In some ways, like that's how she's playing it, but she's a great genre actor, actress. So, all right. So now we got some interesting stuff about the mayor. Mayor, mayor's kind of all knowing. He's creepy. He's playing golf, and he knows about Spike. Yeah, he knew about Spike last year. He says so. I just I like the idea that mayor, that the mayor is like a viewer of the show. He's like, oh, oh. just the way he talked about it. He's like, he was a we had a hell, heck of a time guessing what he would do next. Like. The town was almost, you know, brought, shoved into hell. He's strange. He also makes two great puns, right? Or, no, no, just, he just makes two great jokes about a cannon rocking a boat. Right. It's a great moment. It felt like is I was. Is that a mixed metaphor? Yeah. It, it was like, I was yeah, like, did I say this <laughs> telepathically? All right. Love that Oz can smell out Willow. Mike. Oh, oh, I want to talk. Abilities. talk oh, about yeah. This. Yep. That's it. It's lovely. I, I predict that this ability will be used again, but Oz can smell out Willow. And I love your comment about Cordelia, where it's like she's trapped on the show. So it's like she's, she comments on how strange that is. And she's not even wearing perfume <laughs> <laughs> or something like he that. It's a great line. Her. Yeah, it just smells her. And like, oh, and you didn't mention that you could do that? Like, I mean, it, you know, you don't think about those powers, I guess, until you're, you know, in a position to use them. Can, can I'm pretty sure you made a prediction that will connect to this, right? Can, can I come back to the very beginning of the episode where, um, and get your opinion, Mike? Because I think oh. we all we all thought that um, Willow, that we, sorry, we all thought that Cordelia and Oz would hang out socially, but Cordelia was against the double date from the very beginning. Is it just because she doesn't like double dates? Is it, or is it that she doesn't like Oz, or she doesn't like Willow? I think she just doesn't like bowling. You think it's bowling? Because it, to me, it was more like a double date because it seems like she was against the double A date before she was against the ping bowling. I feel like there's better things that she could do with her time than go on a double date. I think it's also, the more she's seen with this group, the, the worse that her social situation is. Like, she even makes a joke, you know, it's, it's funny, like, you know, when Xander's photos are in her locker, right? The comment like, oh, I look good in these photos because Xander's like, oh, am I locker material? Hey. And it's like, no, I look good in these. Like, she's always been a little bit standoffish about the group and, like, has her own social identity. So I think a double date, which is, like, you're a part of this group now, 
even though she's been a part of the group, like I think it's just part of her character to have an aloof social identity. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, uh, I want to make a comment about the mayor though. Cause like yeah. the mayor scene, like, so the former spike employees or associates that show up to prevent spike from taking angel, you know, and uh, Buffy, whatever to where Willow and, and uh, you know, and Xander are like, are they called up by the mayor? Is that all the mayor did was just let people know that Spike was in town? I assume. He uh, told Because it's unclear um, the mayor's influence. To, yeah, he told his assistant to have Trick send a party um, to meet him. So they were sent there by Mr. Trick, who was ordered that by the mayor. Oh, but they save money because Trick's not in this episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is going to be just, the fee is going to be more minimal because Trick didn't have to do an imperfect. Are we talking about the episode? Are we talking about the mayor's finances? Well, <laughs> just. Uh, Trick, would, Trick would charge the mayor more if he had to show up in person. Like, you know. It's, it's, so it's more interesting to me that Spike is considered like, the, the, the alliance of Spike is considered to be wrong. Like it doesn't fit with the mayor's side of things. Like, he's not a force that they can control or use and that they would you know, try and deal with him is interesting. Cause I don't feel like spikes alliances are that well understood as for me as a viewer and that for the mayor mm. to have it so clearly figured out, like the mayor has uh, considered spike is a dangerous, uh, you know, that he's aligned with Buffy and gang or whatever. And like, I don't think he even knows that he's aligned with the gang. I think he, the, the thing he says is like, we can't like he, he was fun last year, but this year is too important. Yes. So, like, it's more like we just can't have this rogue agent okay. now. Because now is an important time for some reason. For some reason. This season. Okay, well, I don't know the mayor's plan yet, but that's interesting. So, Spike is just, you know. Well, there's definitely a plan in this. They, 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 he's, a, he's a loose cannon, and it's going to rock the boat. And the mayor is the boat. Or, or Sunnydale is the boat, yeah. He's the mayor is the captain of the boat? Yes. Okay. Um, something about homeless guy story, Dennis? Oh, I just say, say uh, the Angel Spike Buffy team up is really good <laughs> when they're like walking around. Um, and Spike clearly steals the show. Like he's clearly somewhat, and he really, to me, like, shows how much boring, how much more boring Angel is, right? <laughs> uh, when Spike does his like, oh, like when S Spike goes up to the bench, he's like, Drew and I killed a homeless man here. Like, that's <laughs> a romantic memory. <laughs> I just like that yeah. scene a lot. Yeah, Angel's uh, the, I mean, Spike showing up is so random. I mean, just to talk generally about this episode, like Spike shows up, thinks he needs a love potion to get Drusilla back, but after overhearing the idea that love potions exist, and then he figures out on his own that he can be the vampire he's supposed to be whatever and that, that Drusilla fell in love with in the first place and that'll win her back. And then the episode ends with him riding off in the sunset doing it his way, right? It's just like, it's such a nutso character that just like comes through town drunk the whole time and then takes off. It's, a, I love the character. It's just so, it's just so otherworldly for this show with the yeah. angel Buffy straight people, you know? Anyway, I think the show, this episode in particular, but this show in general, does this interesting thing of having like wildly different like um, scenes, like scenes that come from like 
they feel like they come from different shows, but they all come together. Like the spike scenes are so intense in this like wacky, crazy way. And then the Buffy angel scenes are like from Withering Heights or something, right? Like, <laughs> yes, yes. And then like the normal high school scenes and they all like, they have different, they have such different tones, um, but they don't exact, they all function together. They don't exactly clash, but like. I don't know. Some of the ones really just stand out more than others. And to me, the, the like Spike Bonker scenes are like. Mwah. I feel like I feel like this is what I missed about I misunderstood about this show, like not knowing about it. I feel like every supernatural show is trying to do what happens in this episode, and I think that I didn't understand that watching supernatural shows because like I've tried to catch episodes of literally supernatural, but other urban fantasy shows like uh, Lost Girl, Grimm. Etc. And like, I feel like the uneven tone of those shows, where I, in general, and I, I maybe I'm just, yeah, I'm a boring American that doesn't watch shows that have like supernatural tones that aren't thrillers, but also aren't comedies, right? That aren't dramas that have all these different genres. Like, so many genres are at play in this episode, but it's fun. It's fine. That's how this world works. But not knowing these multi-genre TV shows that are fantasy, I expect fantasy to have like one or two kind of characters, and mostly be thriller, mm. like. I love thrillers. I'm more drawn to those. And then this show is like all over the place in this episode. I loved it, but I think it. Prepares- but it also it took. It's like we're in season three now. It takes it takes that long for something like that to fully function, right? To like yeah. get to know the characters, get to know the genres the show plays in, in order to have like that much going on in one episode, right? Yeah. yeah no, I, mean, I agree. You can't just step right into it. I still, I still feel like this, this is still um, like an unusual television show that there's not a lot of other shows that have mixed genres as much since this show. Um, even Grimm, Grimm is a lot more consistent with a fantasy vibe, um, but it will, it will have episodes that do mix like genres, but nothing, the only, the only shows I can think of that really mix, mix up genres as, as frequently or with, with as much abandon are uh, an animated show um, as well. Um, that I know very well, Bob's Burgers. Um, it, it's not fantasy, but it mix, mixes. No, genre. no. I, 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 I there's a lot of Mike's right. There's a lot of shows like Supernatural does like crazy genre matchups. Yeah. They literally did an episode where the characters jumped into another dimension where the show was a show, and they had to figure out how to use magic in the real world. But right, like, and that's that's one of the few episodes of the show I've seen where Elizabeth saw it, my wife saw it, and saw and said like, "Oh, you'd love this you'd show." Like this. And ditto, there's an episode of Stargate SG-1 where there's like a fake show called Wormhole Extreme. And it's like this meta show, show thing where they like build to it, I guess, within a show. And it's like not in the first season even. But, you know, this is a show like Stargate, which you think will be really dry and serious and about the Stargate. And it's often uneven and silly about some concepts in the show. It's not, you know, even Star Trek gets like this sometimes. But I feel like this show is so influential. But this type of episode in particular I feel like so many shows since this have tried to do this and I have not been aware of it. And so I, yeah, you didn't I, know the I, origin. This is the I feel like, stone. I, I feel like this episode of Buffy, maybe this season is like a Rosetta stone for understanding pop culture, like fantasy culture in the last 15 years. You know, I, I feel like I missed a big thing. Like I understood generally that Buffy existed, but it just makes so many things clear. Like even Harry Potter, I think does this, you know, that kind of uneven tone where yes, it's a family entertainment and it kind of plays with some drama elements. But like, I think the, the idea for a show that doesn't have to be so serious 
and like can have all these different types of characters. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not being very s- smart about my observations in it, but I think that like I was missing this and it's Rosetta Stone, clearly. <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to rant on much longer. I don't. You also love seeing Angel dump another vamp in the trash can. Oh yeah, no, this is the fight scene's awesome. It's a great fight scene in this. Episode. I mean, yeah, it's scene. got so many dumb elements. They throw the holy water at the guys. Angel literally picks up a guy and dumps him in a trash can. Uh, Buffy also like smashes a vampire the exact same move she uses on Angelus when he first appears, where she smashes his head through the uh, like glass display case and then up. That's yeah. the exact same move. Um, I really love uh, uh, during that fight scene when Angel's trying to hold the door and it busts and then just running on top of, like he gets stuck under the door. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was funny. All right, what's, what's up with Lenny, Lenny's voice? Oh, he's the lead vampire. I don't know what the deal's, the, the dude's accent is or anything. He sounds like Tommy Wiseau or something where they're like, you know, they're like, they say something to him and he's like, I, I wrote down the line. Um, Better since you left, you should have stayed gone. Um, he just has like a weird voice, and it's really distracting to me. And he delivers things in a weird way. Uh, I don't know anything extras, about this dude. Extras on Buffy. Marty Doxon yeah. rails against extras on Buffy <laughs> on some commentary that anyone oh, yeah. can watch. Okay, um, two last things about Dennis. Do you take us out of the episode? Um, Spike's love is blood, and. Why do they like him? Why do they let Spike go? Yeah. Only uh, yeah, I, you know, Spike's got a, a good speech at the end. Um, you know, I think it, it ends up kind of being like a big moment for him, right? And it's a big moment for the, like, it kind of solidifies like a lot of what the metaphors of vampirism is, right? About love is blood and all this. Um, and he also has the line, though, like, I may be love's bitch but at least I'm man enough to admit it. Um, <laughs> yes, so. he's got a lot of good lines. I don't know why yeah. they let Spike go. I mean, yeah, I know they, they, just let, they just let Spike walk out, walk out. Like, dude, you could have staked him right then and there. You, well, the <laughs> thing is, you don't, you don't stake a character as good as Spike. Yeah. That's why, that's why um, I let him walk. Um, and I did, I, I did I, my last noting, I, I feel like we really need to, Cordelia's funeral is the best yeah. fake out ever. <laughs> ever. Uh, yeah, I thought, I t- it totally works too. I totally thought that she was dead. I totally thought when they cut from her falling through, that I mean, it's so sad, like falling through the steps or whatever and being impaled. It's like, oh, shit. That's a tell you, yeah. it, she wouldn't be fine. It, it didn't wouldn't miss everything. <laughs> she would be in serious trouble if that if that actually did what it did on screen. It was not. It would not be fine. There'd there'd be zero percent. It'd be like one in a billion. I can't even say it'd be one in a billion. It'd probably like one in a ten billion that she would be fine. Doesn't make any sense, but um, they did. She stab a kidney. <clears throat> it, the side, the diameter of the rebarb, the location, the fact that it, it, it enters and exits. Yeah, the idea that it, that. Yeah, there would be so much that would have happened. But anyways, um, that's why it looks really serious. But so that's why, yeah, it could be could have been fatal. But. Uh, <laughs> Best fake out ever. Yeah. I'm also bummed. I'm really bummed John's not in this episode to go through the predictions and stuff because season three, episode eight, finally the show has its first funeral. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally thought there would never be a funeral, but I, I know that they did it just to trick you 
like just for the value yeah. of tricking you, but it is a funeral. Yeah, it's our first funeral. We don't even know who it's for, right? No. It should be for that poor magic shopkeeper. <laughs> oh, and it's just maybe, a random yeah. funeral. So it's maybe technically not it's a funeral. Sad. It's a throwaway. It's a background funeral. I'm no, still it's calling a, it a funeral. Because no, we hear the preacher talking and everything. Yeah. If it was only a visual gag, but we actually like, because it's got, it gets a shot that's like of just the funeral, pulls down, we hear the preacher talking and stuff <laughs> before we hear Buffy and Willow. Um, I, I, I say the show showed a funeral. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, well too bad John oh. isn't here to help with that. So we'll see what he says. Make it up. All right, on to, on to themes and deep stuff. So this episode- uh, On the questions, this. Right? Yeah, oh, questions, there we are. Um, what's classier than bowling, guys? That's a Cordelia quote. Mm-hmm. Or no, a Xander quote. What's yeah. classier than bowling? They've done mini golf. They have. Uh, so many things are classier than bowling. <laughs> we never even commented about how Willow got all hot and bothered by um, the dark- the dark right, shoe rental. Yeah. Well, it's a dark shoe rental and the smoke and everything. Um, playing pool or snooker? That's classier, right? Snooker. All right, where would you guys take your imaginary uh, double date in Sunnydale? Pool hall. Uh, trivia night. Some kind of trivia night's a good one. Wait, are we talking about high school self or current self? Because high school self, we were always at the pool halls. Well, what? that's not a good. That's not a good location for a double date, my friend. Why wouldn't it be? It's a competitive game involving large wooden sticks. I think trivia night works at any age. Yeah, and it would totally work. Uh, yeah, trivia night of some kind. I like yeah. that buff- Buffalo Wild Wings Buff- type place. Yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings. That's what we would have done in high school, definitely. All right, it's a good double date. Otherwise, uh, uh, volunteer work. What is Willow's plan? Building a house for Habitat for Humanity. You know, putting in some sweat equity. That's all. SAT question about the episode. What is Willow's plan? Oh, this. Yeah, yeah. Let me do this one. So this is an SAT question. I'm framing it as an SAT question. So. What is Willow's plan for her love spell? Is it for A, Buffy, B, Xander, C, herself, D, all of the above? Uh, the question is incorrect because it's an anti-love spell. <laughs> okay, her anti-love spell. Who is it for? <laughs> okay, it's thank for... you. I'm, we need a board to review these questions. I can't just, you know, I, I should be, they should be printed out. My mistake. And then it's either Willow, it's Willow Xander, or Buffy, or all of the above. Right, and these are the BSAT, oh, the Buffy the Standardized above. Academic Testers. Yeah, testing. Yeah, all the above. Yeah, all of the above is closest, because it's yes. Xander and Willow. Yeah. It's, it's just so funny. Buffy. I didn't include Spike in that list, because Spike needs the love spell, but like, there's literally so many people need this anti-love spell. It's like, <laughs> it could be sprinkled throughout the cast. Turns out everyone That's needs true. it, because uh, uh, Cordelia's going to need it to get over well, Xander, no, whatever. I'll tell you what, Cordelia, Cordelia don't need no love spell to get over Xander. Oh, yeah, she's over it. Yeah. <laughs> she got a rebarb. <laughs> she got a rebarb through the heart. Um, I, love, people- I love even the wording of that phrase she gives when Xander walks in to the hospital. She goes, stay away from me. <laughs> She's, so, she's like, can you get me onto Dawson's Creek? Because you hear the stay and your brain's like, oh, maybe they'll be get back together 
away from me. Yeah. That's like, like that he comes in and he's like, these are flowers. Because I feel like that's a reference to in Killed by Death yes. when he calls the balloons flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Questions for the group. So the next one is, um, where are people going to get magic ingredients? Now the shopkeeper's dead. Sounds like they need a I new think, shopkeeper. Yeah. It's just going to be the same family just keeps losing members. So same magic store location, new employee. Same incredibly cursed location of the magic shop. It's and, and Mike's uh, asking us. It's well, dangerous to be an arms dealer when there's a war. All right. That's well, all. Dangerous yeah, but that's also when you make the most money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also love how the shopkeeper's like, oh, you want these raven's feathers and this and this? Well, it's 1580. It's like, it's like ladies like almost making up prices. There was no calculation. <laughs> I think it was 1580. Um, why, why Buffy was shish kebabbing some vampires, but then dropped, dropped the stands. Why? This is a comment on Buffy's fighting technique from Mike or Dennis. I don't remember who. Oh, it's from me. Sorry. Oh. Uh, yeah, she shish kebabs during the crazy fight scene two vampires with an umbrella stand and then immediately drops the stand to go fight vampires with no staking weapons. <laughs> it just irritates me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a thing she does a lot where she like drops the, sp the spike or whatever. Like. Silly inconsistent fighting technique. Yeah, they're really into the spike, you know, into using a stake because it's handheld, but there's so everything else around them is so much more useful. It seems like an upgrade yeah. would be inevitable. Or at least help yeah, them, we, right? If it works, yeah, use it. No, totally. That's a good point. All right. Now we're on to themes and deep stuff. So Mike's got the first theme. So this episode is all about uh, what it's like to be broken up with. Spike is a mess. Uh, what kind of mess are you when you're broken up with? Um, well, it's been a long time, but I've been a mess before. Uh I mostly get really drunk, I guess, when I get broken up with. Much like Spike, now that I think about it. Um, and I'm a wallower. I definitely have wallowed in the past. <laughs> Ever done a love spell or two? Uh, I've never tried a love spell. Right. I'm, a, I'm a late night phone caller. If, I, if mm. I'm broken up with, it's a lot of long phone calls about life. With, with other gotta, people, right? Not yeah, with other people. Friends. No, I got it. I got. I go down the yeah. list and yeah. just call everyone, and it's like, who's available? <laughs> Need to talk. I totally related to Spikes. Uh, was just wallowing to people, basically random talk. people. <laughs> but I wouldn't talk about the relationship so much as talk about life. Yeah, yeah. You're like, this is an opportunity to really evaluate life. Yeah, yeah. I'm much like I'm much like you, Mike. Uh, definitely. Oh, there's a lot of short-term despair. Um, <laughs> and a lot of fear for the future. And that's where like the ticking stock of life comes in. But yeah, you know, equal parts, more parts fear for the future rather than wallower. But I've had so much practice, just rolls <laughs> off my back now. <laughs> oh man. So I feel like Travis, you, you have, oh, go ahead, sorry. I feel like I came up with a different theme for deep stuff as well as we were going through this. But uh, I totally escaped my mind. Well, you're distracted by this other conversation you want to have, <clears throat> which so, you've hinted yeah. at before the podcast. Yeah, so it's like, why, why is this the most important episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, why, Travis? And I'm trying to say it without being spoilerish. Um, 
I, I thought about maybe I just go back and list the important episodes, right? Like seminal episodes um, that shape the storyline. And so, um, you know, previously in super important episodes, you know, episode of the master when the master gets killed, right? Uh, we can see some um, the teams coming together, but the mass, you know, the master bones aren't, you know, you know, um, smashed up yet. The master was an important episode. Kendra was an important episode, introducing the idea of other slayers. Then we had um, the next most important episode, surprised by innocence, where Angel becomes evil. Then the next most important episode, Jenny dies. I mean, so it's all setting like so. These are all things that play out much farther, and it feels like we're still dealing with these. We're still dealing with episodes or you know ramifications from season two, and then in this one episode. We clarify, and I want, to, I want to reward you a point, Mike, for the prediction, um, but we clarify that, um, that love, that number one, Buffy and Angel's love can never be consummated ever again. Um, and so that's going to have ramifications for the future. We see that the only good relationship Xander or Willow had is, is nuclear destroyed. They're the real atom bombs in their own personal lives. And... Um, it builds upon the it builds upon the fact that Giles's relationship was uh, destroyed, never to be, never to resume, of course, because Jenny is dead. Um, and so, basically, if those if those other episodes had huge ramifications, then this one episode, all the ties are cut between a lot of the main characters in early in, in middle or early middle season three. So, it's going to determine what happens for the next four seasons of Buffy and Angel, and even further down the line. So without spoiling too much, and Dennis can pull me back from spoiling more, but uh, so that's why I think this is important because all the separate episodes, you know, they're all important, but this is where, you know, so much ties were severed. So many, so many unretractable actions occurred. So well, that's interesting because I, uh, while I would predict that, you know, Buffy saying goodbye to Angel you know, because in this episode is important, I certainly wouldn't have assumed they would never get together. So I don't believe you on that. I don't think that it's the end of the Buffy Angel relationship, though I certainly, it defines their relationship like they can't be together. But I haven't seen the whole show. So like, I don't know, but you're saying the way that it plays out. That's interesting. I'm, I'm just coming You still, you still have an open prediction about that, right? Yeah, and again, I'm not trying to say too much, but um, but none of the other stuff has been walked back, right? Jenny's death hasn't been walked back. Uh, I, I can see why. I mean, this is like this. This is for a, I, I think I understand why this affects you, Travis. I think this episode is kind of like the divorce episode, right? It's oh, like yeah. the characters that you want to get together can't get together again, and they're never going to get together, and they're never going to recover from this. And it's the fantasy that we all have when our parents divorce that our parents are going to get back together and they don't, right? Like this is the divorce episode. In some ways, yes, but it's also even more strange. And I say that because my, I have a really weird version of life. It feels like, but um, I interact with a lot of people at different ages, all above 18, just in my daily work. And um, all 18 plus. Yeah. Adults. So I, I'll interact with people in their 90s, 80s, and and you you nowadays we take a lot that people have lots of different relationships, you know, 
between two people, men, women, 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 whatever. And that there's a lot of different relationships, but eventually you could always get to your, to a good relationship, right? In the past, many people had had relationships that started in high school and they would marry, then they marry. And not, many of them were not nice or happy or whatever. Many lasted 70 plus years. And so, you know, my perspective is, you know, fear of that, uh, fear of making that one mistake, right? Where, um, and it's a, it's a trope in, in romantic comedies of, of uh, the one breakup or the one person that you miss out on, the one person you don't have a relationship with, that was your chance at happiness, right? The modern theory is there's multiple chances at happiness, right? With multiple different people. That hasn't always been the, 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 the prevailing theory. So this episode is playing a little bit on the divorce episode, but then also playing on a moment in time of relatively young adults. The question is, so you, you got you to operate on the idea of, well, I'm going to find that person I'm supposed to be with, that, that my mistakes haven't, haven't prejudiced me against achieving happiness. So that's where this, this other sort of separate. Well, that is a deeply personal read because I don't think the yes. show is saying that because it it's say both that. It because say Willow that. is immediately planning for how to get back together with Oz, right? And I do think they'll get back together. I have a prediction that they will. And Xander is trying to make good with Cordelia. I don't think that's going to work out. I don't think that relationship. I think that relationship was tenuous at best. Like Xander was always Xander was always surprised they were together, and Cordelia uh, always treated him a little bit alien, like she he didn't deserve to be with her. And so mm-hmm. I think that relationship can't last, but well, that's an interesting like long-term perspective about the history of relationships, right? Like that's kind of your, yeah. Oh no, it's a deep, it's a deeply personal read on Don't get me wrong. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, in the show, it's not like Giles has a new girlfriend. <laughs> it's not like Giles is in a great relationship. You know, Jay Calendar died about, you know, four or five months ago, whatever. But um, you know, Joyce never remarried. I mean, it's kind of stark. Um, so that's why this is, um, it's a very, it's a personal episode where, and it's also placed upon fears of, of, you know, of high school, right? Like how, how will my mistakes in high school haunt me going forward? But. Well, I think that's a good reason to go ahead. Sorry. It's needless. It's, um, well, they talk about lust anyways. So it's, well, it's, a, read. it's a good reason to have Spike on the show because if they didn't, like it ends on this positive note with Spike going off into the sunset to pursue Drusilla. But like- Spike's the real hero of this episode. (laughs) Spike comes in, crashes around, he's drunk, he's fucked up, and then he takes off and he's got a plan. He he has the best outcome of the episode. Right, Right. nobody else has anything figured out. Spike is like desperately trying to figure it out. He's talking through his problems. He's he's like grappling with stuff. And then he comes out of it. He's got a relationship kind of in his mind that's going to materialize- Everyone else is just devastated. Buffy's broken up with Angel, but not just broken up with like, hey, we, we are not a thing. And obviously the, you know, Willow, Xander, Oz, Cordelia kind of situation gets resolved in a way that I'm very happy about, by the way. As a viewer, I felt amazingly happy to see those things, those consequences finally happen where they got caught yeah. and in such a big way. Like that made me feel good. But then when Cordelia got impaled, all that good feeling went away immediately. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, gonna be so yeah. angry. Yeah, that's definitely how the show treats its viewers. It's like, did you? Did we give you a moment of happiness? We better walk that back yeah. real quick. 
Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's uh, interesting. There's so much more I want to say on this topic because, again, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like it, there's other stuff, but I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. You know what? We need a new category in the show, which is most important moments because I feel like we brush on them, but like there are clearly moments that the show treats as the most important. Cordelia getting impaled and the discovery, like those are all super important moments that we didn't give a lot of time to this episode, but maybe we should. Anyway, just an idea. Uh, they're having live, which is great. It's super <laughs> smart to do that. Uh, but yeah, Cordelia like getting impaled was so severe, man. And then like, uh, it just it just rips your heart, man. Because that Xander has to be our side. He's such a snake. Oh, it's just designed to hurt Xander. Can he ever be close to women again? Should he? I'm sure he'll find a way. Should he yeah, be? Should he? Should he be close to women? Can he be yeah. trusted? Yeah. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. I mean, I think it 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 sets up potentially so much from the analytical point of view, um, of for, for future plot. Well, points. it sets up the Angel Show, right? Like yeah, that it, he can be I'm, on his own. Right, and so my, my extrapolation, my insanity, as people have called it, on the podcast and off the podcast, to be frank, is uh, you know this moment in time. Let's you know um, create is is the is the the moment of creation for the Angel TV show, and I won't spoil that. I mean, clearly, um, and Angel ha- the Angel the TV show has to exist in order for a pair up of actors to exist, to have chemistry. And that. <laughs> oh, so you're saying Angel uh, is going to be with someone well, other than Buffy? No, 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 don't read into that. I'm saying a pair of actors has to exist and have incredible chemistry on that TV show. And so that seven years after that show ends, those actors appear in a movie together opposite one another. And that everything that exists from that all their work acting up until then pays off in that one movie. So to me, I don't know what you're talking about at all. I right think now. I, I know think what he reminds, means. It reminds I, me, I wanted to ask you if you've been watching Travis, if you've been watching the gifted, the new X-Men show. It. On I've been Fox. saving it. But, okay. So Cause it's starring um, Amy Ackard from angel. So when I saw those ads, like I can't not immediately yeah. think of you when I see, Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. somebody from Angel, right? Yeah. So for okay. me, sadness I experience when I watch Buffy, which is incredible sadness, and I won't spoil it. That doesn't that can mean anything, right? All that exists in this world, so that the incredible high of this other movie can exist. That's how it balances out in my mind, in my mind logic, so that so that everything that exists, it doesn't exist for a reason, but it exists. And a, a, the, the magical benefit of that is this incredible, the, the best, the, the most amazing three minutes of, of a movie uh, of cinema ever. So anyways, so it exists for this one Where, special period. I, I want you to explain this to me, but maybe after we're done recording, because I don't know what you're talking about. Um, do you want to move I can, on to... I, yeah, I want to make so a prediction bad. about what you're talking about, though, really quickly, which I'm is... Like, I'm I not think, trying to red herring you. Uh, you are a little bit, because no, I, I think man. what you're talking about is... I I know from you talking about it that Charisma Carpenter, Cordelia, is on Angel, and the relationship, this relationship sets up, is something to do with her, but I don't know what it is, and that's what you're hinting at, that this sets it up because she's not tied to Xander, so... She's not tied to Sunnydale, but yes. 
store Sunnyvale. Well, graduated from high school, she's not going to go to the same college, obviously, as Buffy. She's going to go to a college in L.A. closer to Ed, Angel's Detective Agency. Anyway, I we can figure this out. out so much, man. This is amazing. Let's go to. Or she's not going to go to college. She's just going to be a rich, rich lady. All right. Man. Don't, don't let's just go to regular predictions. And I'm not trying to troll the YouTube audience. What I'm trying to say is without being cryptic. But you're so cryptic. <laughs> I'm trying not to ruin things. What this I'm trying to say has been like a half hour of crypto talk. No, like, this is it. This is this is this is the edition. Travis Thomas, tell us more. This is the edition. Imagine you suffer. All right, here we go. Imagine that that Buffy and Angel exists, so that two actors who play opposite each other, then seven years at the end of Angel, play opposite another each other in the most, in the most amazing movie. It's still, it, 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 I, you've said this so many times, I still don't know what movie you're talking about, but you're not even going to tell me until after the podcast, I imagine. But you need to tell me because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And you're just re- repeating the same thing over and over I, again. I, I'm, I'm helping me at all. It's actually making me mad. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where this anger is coming from. I just, can we just do predictions? Let's just yeah, do predictions. Okay, predictions. So John's not here. We don't know what's been resolved. Who knows? No one well, knows. No, it's important to have can, one person officially resolve yeah. things. Yes. So can I guess though? Can we do a thing where I guess what the predictions are sure. based on what I remember? <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, you said, let's just say Oz's werewolf, com- werewolf strength comes in handy. So that was, that's correct. <laughs> that's uh, not very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the funeral. Uh, you said no funerals. There's a funeral, so that's a minus. I feel bad because uh, I think I said there were no funerals either. <laughs> no, but I, obviously no one remembered there were funerals because it's not. It's a gag. <laughs> oh wait, no, there are funerals. Uh, <laughs> I, those are the two I remember. I don't know. Sorry. All right. Uh, okay. Make, make some bad predictions. Uh, so predict. Uh, I predict that Oz's powers of smell will come in handy again. I feel like that's such a useful power. Yeah, um, totally. If I haven't said it before, Cordelia and Xander will not get back together because Cordelia needs to be on Angel. That's not why, but uh, Cordelia and Xander will not get back together. In a relationship. In a relationship. Romantic relationship. They will, thank you. Cordelia and Xander may become friends, but they will not be in a romantic relationship together. Okay. Except in a dream or a fantasy. <laughs> or or possessed whatever they're not in a real relationship and if it's a fantasized relationship or a dream or a drug or a uh, or an l street situation okay well there's a particular no yeah i would totally just to fuck you over be like sorry mike you're wrong if like i guess i have been voted against on the triumvirate yeah you have no john and dennis are very powerful and their love of genie like predictions it is true. Those two are. Those two are in They really should have. I, they actually, you know, they both wrote Robin Williams' character in the Aladdin film. They both wrote the how the genie works. Also, the genie. I, I provided most of the pop culture references for Aladdin, as everybody knows. Every, I was like, hey, Robin, you should do your Jack Nicholson impression. Anytime there's been a genie or a three wishes scenario, John and Dennis have been called on to confirm whether or not the wishes no, no, and how they would come true. You know, like get called. Okay, keep going, man. Spike is Okay, gonna... Spike is not going to get back together with Drusilla. His love plan is not going to work. He's very excited about this plan. It is not going to work. Uh, I'm, I 
how, how oh man i feel like my whole my whole world is spoilers keep going i was gonna ask you a question please ask a question are you really dedicated on getting to the bottom of that spoiler or that that prediction what do you mean are you do willing you... to go all the way oh because it's to the end of the show is what you're saying before i don't know i'm just asking questions what are you doing oh my god <laughs> All right. We're at the end of uh, something we're going to have to figure out next season is like how we deal with predictions that may or may not come true on Angel, but not on Buffy. Oh, I see. Um, oh, so Spike is going to get back together with Drusilla on Angel. That's what you're saying. I don't know. Maybe. Or he might not. Obviously. Well, or maybe I'm red herring. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Or he so might it's... not. Okay. All right. And then after predictions, we have uh, Michael's grade, but we don't have Michael's grade this week. The teacher is on like, is, is, is busy. Um, and I want, I, I want to advocate for Mike getting a point for his prediction about um, Buffy and Angel relationship and Willow and Xander's relationship occurring on the same episode. I'm going to be overruled. But the spirit of Mike's prediction is totally right because both relationships end in a fiery volcano on the same episode. It's just called Lover's Walk and not Revelations. Okay. All right. So I think that is... Um, it's time for okay, Guilt Count. Virgin. Kill count and recommend kill count and then some um, some movie recommendations. Yeah, uh, kill count. I got one dead human and four dead vampires. That's what I could count from that ruckus of a fight. Those were the ones that ex- at least exploded on camera. Was four. Um, what is that ruckus? <laughs> it's an underworld. <laughs> <but. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, brother. Okay. Um, then recommendations. Uh, and then for recommendations, I was thinking about movies where people get kidnapped. And I recommend the movie Chained, uh, which is a Jennifer Lynch movie. Jennifer Lynch is David Lynch's daughter. And this is a movie from like, I want to say like 2012 or 2013. Um, and it's Vincent D'Onofrio is a serial killer. And he kidnaps this kid and basically re- raises the kid to become another serial killer. Um, <laughs> I think you have to say Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio is playing a serial killer. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> there's, some, there's some concerns that Vincent D'Onofrio just is a... <laughs> I don't know. I'd be afraid to be in a room with just Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying me too. Can I, can I throw excess baggage on that list of uh, kid, kidnapped movies? Sure, shows? yeah. Uh, Travis recommends excess baggage. Uh, I'm a big Alicia Silverstone fan, man. I think it has Benicio del Toro like before he really, oh man, um, just think about excess package sometime. Um, and I also recommend think about uh, it? the movie Funny Games, uh, which is another um, like uh, it's a home invasion movie. Um, and I guess there's a German version that's almost the exact same thing as the American version. I've only seen the American remake, but it was by the same director. I've only and, seen the original. It's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so Chained and Funny Games are both movies I recommend if you like really are ready to like like be disturbed in a movie. Um, they're not light recommendations. So if you're going for something light, go for Excess Baggage. Uh, yeah, um, Funny Games is a great thriller, but it's so terrifying. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, it's a good movie of like, it fucks with your expectations a lot. Like, there's this whole setup in the movie that the first time I watched it, I was like, Oh, where'd that knife go? Boy, they're going to use that knife like later on. And then I'm like, Oh, I was totally wrong about, about that. Uh, 
I don't know. The movie, like, it knows it's a movie and it it plays with like traditional thrill, like a traditional thriller structure. You know. Okay. Those are great recommendations. Yes, yeah, fantastico. Um, oh, and uh, just before I I sign off, I guess uh, I wanted to say thank you to uh, the folks who watch this podcast who have bought my comic, um, especially Dingo Action, who posted a. Uh, a review on Twitter of it, and that was really nice of you. Uh, so thanks, guys. Uh, thanks to everyone who's bought it. And uh, if you haven't yet, I, I recommend you buy my book. All right. Or any of the other books. They're all they're all pretty awesome. Uh, they books. definitely are fine for like stocking stuffers for children of all ages. That's what I was told. There's a big E for everyone <laughs> written on the cover. Um, right. If you are the kind of parent that's okay with uh, lots of gore and nudity. Yeah. then these are perfect for your kids. I know. I actually wanted to give, give, one, give one of those comics to my friend. Um, my friend's uh, has some kids, but they're just not old enough. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is probably would not fly. Um, anyways, um, for the Christmas gift. Okay, so, all right, thank you. You have stuck it out through season three, um, episode eight, Lover's Walk. Um, this is the Buffy Origin podcast. I'm Travis. I am pretty crazy, but uh, can hold the job down. So I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm passing. I'm passing right now as a as a regular human. Um, we have Dennis Comics. He's awesome. He has the orange bats. Um, that's become more of his trademark. I like it as a background. Um, DennisComics.com, Amazon.com. Um, we're Facebook.com, Buffy Virgin, Buffy Virgin Predictions, iTunes. You can find us iTunes, Instagram, Buffy Virgin, Twitter, Buffy Virgin Pod. Again, Buffy Virgin Pod on Twitter. And um, see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you. Interact with the show on Twitter. Uh, we're going to be posting that uh, strange picture from inside the magic shop to see what people think it is. <laughs> it's for. Yeah, the paper mache boobs. And if anyone wants to solve the riddle of the Sphinx that I riddled out, uh, that's not really about a Sphinx, uh, feel free. Oh, to guess what speed. this magical thing is. I would divulge it in a heartbeat, but it's become this whole thing. So anyways, thank you for watching or listening. Um, tweet, us, tweet us your thoughts. Sayonara.